Hallelujah. Great Sunday. I'm sure you enjoyed worshiping God. A lot of effort involved in all these things, but God will bless you richly. I know these are strange times, and don't be moved. We are here for this time. We're here to keep the earth until the last soul that chooses Him comes in. Amen. So let's look to the scripture and uh, Brother Sharat, I mean Brother um, John Wesley is with us. Hallelujah. We'll go into Ephesians, the first chapter. And you remember there's a prayer there. But um, before that prayer is prayed, there's some scriptures in verse 15 onwards. It says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. That's how it begins. Then 16 starts the prayer. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So notice here, it was after he'd heard about their faith and love, notice that, to all the saints, that now this prayer is picked up. So there has to be some things that are always in line with the life of God, the nature of God, and that is faith towards Him, and then our love walk must always be paramount. And because God, that is His nature, He has no other nature. So make sure you keep that always, you know, like a checklist constantly throughout your daily walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's hear Ephesians 1.15 in Canada, please. Brother John. Amen. So you could see primarily that the prayer for greater revelation and understanding comes because they are already exercising their faith and they are putting forth the action of the love of God on their daily walk. And so that is how we should consider to begin to seek God. We must just keep checking constantly that we are not in unbelief and that we are keeping our hearts uh, in the love of God towards all. I'd like us to also pick from the fourth chapter of Ephesians uh, similar scriptures. Remember the verse 30 talks about grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. And then it says, Let all bitterness, 31, and wrath, and anger, clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. Notice that. These could be the grievance or the factors that grieve the Holy Spirit. And be kind one to another, 32 continues, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So we have to consider not allowing any bitterness, um, any wrath or anger, any clamoring or crying out, in, that kind of cry, 
you know, uh, not to be overwhelmed by other emotions. Praise God. Any evil speaking or malice, you know, we'll have to work on that. They say daily work. These things try to stick with us from the realm of our thoughts and emotions, whatever has happened to us. I know some are even harder than others, but we are given such a privilege to not be moved by these feelings and these emotions and to rather concentrate on the life that's on the inside of us, the life of God, and from there uh, dominate other things. Um, you know, we don't have to be so sense-moved. We don't have to be so sense-led. The senses are demanding our attention, calling for our attention again and again, and they tend to want to lead us in that direction where the senses are ruling everything. Meanwhile, the original plan is that we put the body under, bring it into subjection. It has to obey us, actually. Our spirit man is supposed to dominate all these things. But because of the way things are and the way the world is, you know, gradually we get pushed to that place where eventually the sense realm wants to rule us. The feelings and emotions want to dominate us. The body wants to control us. You know, the body doesn't feel like it, so we just have to quit. You know, but thank God we are developing ourselves to a place where God's Word and the Spirit of God the nature of God becomes our daily um, pursuit. We are drawing our power from that place. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's hear um, verse 31 and 32 also in Canada, please. Yella dvesha, kopa, kruda, kalaha, dushane, ivugalamno, sakala vidavada, dushtatanamano, niminda, dura madiri, opari gopuru, karane toriri, opari gopuru, preeti siri. Hallelujah. So there are, you know, simple ways that God has called us to live by. That's why we are compared to sheep. Sheep are supposed to be kind of simple, uh, you know, not too complex. In fact, they don't act very intelligent because they are not supposed to follow any other instruction except what they are told to do. Hallelujah. So we live in a place where everybody wants to do what they feel uh, they should do based on circumstances and their own strength and ability, you know, um, just constantly relying on human wit, human uh, power and all of that. But God has created us to be ruled by His voice, His word, and it's supposed to be very simple. <laughs> Praise God. And that's why, uh, you know, we're not supposed to trust in our own feelings and our own emotions because if you're following the shepherd, it's supposed to be that simple. You just go with whatever he's saying and he's already been there and he's looked beyond all that and he's gone to the end of it. He's the author and the finisher. And so if we just walk in those simple instructions, uh, it should be just like that. Hallelujah. Praise God. So um, don't allow your emotions to get the better of you. It's not easy. It's easy to say it. But, you know, don't, don't fall for those tricks. We are created in the image and likeness of God. 
And our power comes from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is to be drawn upon every day. And it lives on the inside. That power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same life is on the inside of us. And we need to dominate our emotions and eventually put our body under subjection. And we tell our body what to do and what not to do. Hallelujah. So don't be moved. It's, it's quite simple if you go with God's way. But if you go from man's viewpoint, the world's viewpoint, it looks completely daft and silly that we just simply go uh, and listen to God and His Word and that's it. You don't do anything else and you, know, you don't uh, break your head over this and that and the other. It's supposed to be that simple. Praise God. We've been talking about such things as the rest and things like that. Imagine a life of rest. Imagine a life where you don't have to worry, where you don't have to be anxious. So you can see it's, it's, a, it's a high life. It's from God's viewpoint, and it's supposed to be quite simple. <laughs> the Bible can be read by little children and by adults. Notice that. So don't be moved too much by whatever you see there. God has some simple, basic nature uh, which He has given to us. He's love, and He does not have any other kind of nature really so it, the problem is if you do not forgive he cannot forgive that's how he is so don't let these things pile up bitterness you know all kinds of bitterness um, as we live down here it's possible to be bitter wrath and anger clamoring you know evil speaking malice all these things can pile up and so they are the things that actually hinder us from being able to dominate uh, from the realm of God. So let's not tolerate them. Let's just dump them. Hallelujah. Not grieve the Spirit of God. And be tender-hearted. Notice that. Be tender-hearted. Amen. Being kind. Being soft towards people. <laughs> Praise God. We can do it. Because that's the nature on the inside of us. It's possible to be tender-hearted and to be kind to one another. Amen. King James says, as Christ uh, has forgiven us, God for Christ's sake. Notice that. But the, maybe the, the original is, is simply that because you are in Christ, because you are in Christ, the way God has forgiven us in Christ, we can also do the same. Being gentle, kind, tender-hearted towards everybody. Forgiving one another. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, um, let's just take it like that. I'm kind. I'm tender-hearted. I forgive. I hold no harshness. No hard thoughts. No malice. I take no account of any wrong suffered. And I grieve not the Spirit of God. Let that just be our confession. And eventually our senses will begin to understand on a daily basis that they are sentenced to that kind of life. They don't have any other choice. And that's going to be helping us to dominate the man on the outside. He's supposed to just obey us and go where we tell him to go, do what we tell him to do, not the other way around. See, so let him know that. 
Let it become very clear to him. Hallelujah. If you look in Colossians, the third chapter also, you will notice in verse 12, it says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, the next verse continues, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So it is instruction to the churches. It's not strange. This basic, because of our nature, new creation. We are actually from heaven. We are not from this earth. We are born from above. And so we are actually a spiritual race of people, very much like the Jewish people. You know, all the other uh, nations and tribes were already formed on the earth and divided after the Tower of Babel. But this special Jewish race actually came afterward. They were not in that original division. Praise God. Let's hear Colossians 3, 12 and 13 also in Canada, please. Hallelujah. So as we were saying, this is all very spirit realm kind of behavior. It's not normal, it's not natural. It comes from heaven. Because, you know, our race is from heaven. And we were saying, just like the Jewish people, after the Tower of Babel, all the other nations were distributed and they got their languages confused. And so new languages had to develop. Notice that the Jewish people were not there as a race by that time. They were just this, that, and the other. So originally, if you look at them, they are not a natural race. They came because one man decided to believe God. That means he accepted what uh, heaven said and worked with heaven's way rather than his senses. So they're, they're actually a spirit-based or a spiritual kind of race. Hallelujah. And that is exactly how we are. We are the, uh, the present-day new covenant form of that. Hallelujah. So you could say that they were not a natural race of people. They were not like everybody else. They were from this tribe and the other tribe. But because they believed in the invisible God and chose His ways, they became a race that was actually God's people, God's race. <laughs> Very interesting. They are not normal. They are not looked at as normal by faith. Are you getting that? Of course, there's a so-called natural group of people like the sand on the seashore, but then there's another group that's like the stars in heaven. They are the actual ones that believe this God. Are you getting this? So we're not just talking about a natural group of people. Even back then, they who believed were treated differently. God's hand was on them 
and everything was different with them. So we need to start looking at it like that. We'll be handling thoughts like that over a period of time and uh, you'll see it's really interesting how the old and the new have a way of fusing and flowing into each other. Almost everything that you see in the new covenant has come from the old covenant. There are scriptures quoted there and prophesied there and then built upon into the new covenant except for the church age, you see, which is like the mystery. Anyhow, so we have a nature that's from above. We have a nature that came from God. And so we can actually live as though we are dumb, in quote, totally opposite to everybody else. But it's a very simple life as long as you're listening to your shepherd, the great shepherd. Hallelujah. He will navigate you through and meet you at the end. He'll take you all the way through. Praise God. So let's just stick with these very simple, clear things and uh, order our lives like that. I'm sure that we will see more and more joy breaking out in our life, more and more of the victory in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. So if there's a quarrel, let's just forgive. Let's let it go. Even as God in Christ Jesus forgave us. Just let it go. It doesn't matter. God is a faithful God. Hallelujah. So as we stick with these simple, clear things, you know, we'll see. Let's go to Isaiah, the 55th chapter, Isaiah 55. You may be familiar with it. It's a wonderful, wonderful verses of scripture are there. Isaiah 55. And so we notice that he says, anyone that is thirsty, come, come to take without money, come and buy. So he's talking about freely given things. God has not actually asked us to, um, you know, come for something that you struggle about. It's not a natural struggle. Praise God. Uh, his ways are, are not natural. So it's a different kind of buying. It's a different kind of receiving altogether. It's not based on human strength and human uh, ability and wisdom and things like that. It's not based on the human strength. Verse 2 says, Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? Labor for that which satisfies not. You know, eat ye that which is good. Let your soul delight itself in fatness. Now, verse 3 says, Incline your ear and come unto me here and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Hallelujah. So he says, incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. Notice that your spirit is already alive with the life of God. Now, our soul needs to come alive. Notice that our soul or our deep thoughts, our emotions, intellect, all of those things are uh, usually going negative, going downwards. It cleaves to the dust. It's just a natural form. But now when you fill that with the word of God, it comes alive. Hallelujah. So your spirit 
and your soul, they come alive with the nature of God. You know, there are verses that talk about how, you know, your soul can be alienated from the life of God. But here, as we fill our hearts with the Word of God, our deep thoughts, our emotions with the Word of God, what happens here now is that it comes alive and it agrees with our spirit and therefore it moves the body in the direction in which God wants us to go. So spirit, soul and body, you may know that. There's three pe- a, a three part or three pieces there, but we are spirit beings. That's where the life of God comes from, the nature of God comes from. And now our soul has to live also by hearkening, by inclining the ear, by paying attention to the word. It gets filled and then it weighs you know, two against three or two against one out of the three. Hallelujah. And so it moves us in the direction of the spirit and the direction God wants to lead us into. Praise God. So he says, incline your ear, come unto me here, and your soul shall live. And guess what? He says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. The sure mercies, according to the word of God, as you can see, just means guarantee, sure. It also means the guaranteed promises that were given. Amen. Even to David, Abraham. God says, I want every one of us to have a guarantee of the benefits of what I am promising. See, God is a God of benefits. Hallelujah. Let's hear the third verse in Canada, please. Isaiah 55. Thank you, brother. Amen. So notice the Canada word was guarantee also. Amen. So there is guaranteed promises, guaranteed benefits that God has called us to. That is how the covenant is. And he says, I want everyone to benefit from the covenant, from the guarantees. You know, man's guarantees don't stand. They are as strong as man is. And man is weak. Man changes. Man keeps making all of these grand doors, promises and great things come out of his mouth. But when the rubber meets the road, you know, man cannot actually do what he says because it's based on the natural. But when God says something, God cannot change. God cannot lie. God is a sure foundation, a sure guarantee. Jesus is actually the surety of each of the covenants. Whether you look at it from any point of view, the throne of heaven is backing it. God is backing everything. So he has invited us, notice that, and it's by the hearing and the soul accepting it and camping there, planting ourselves on those things, expecting and not forgetting. You know, the 103rd Psalm says, forget not all of his benefits. Notice that's the way it is. He's a God of the benefits, the God of better guaranteed promises. Are you seeing that? Better than man has out there. People are scared because, you know, jobs are sometimes uh, not guaranteed, you know. Things are changing, shifting. There's a lot of, in quote, shaking going on. 
But God is inviting us to the sure benefits, the sure promises. Hallelujah. And so as we begin to wean ourselves away from our senses and being dominated by our feelings, we're able to make our soul get filled. Our deep thoughts, our emotions get filled with the Word of God and experience the life of God both in our spirit and in, in the soul realm. And that begins to now weigh and move the body in the direction that God has for us. Amen? Hallelujah. So, if you realize and begin to read down, verse 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. He will have mercy upon him. To our God, he will abundantly pardon. Now notice, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Hallelujah. So there's God's way, heaven's way, and man's way. So what you see out there is basically man's way. And they don't know any other way. And they are trying, and they are at their wit's end right now. You know, they're like trying to figure things out. But then there's God's way. Hallelujah. And we are invited to join His way and walk with Him and be led by Him. Amen? So... Appreciate it. There is a higher and a very simple way of doing things. And that's where we come from. We come from heaven. In heaven, everything is, is as simple as that. There's no death there. There's only life. There are no tears there. There's no sorrow there. <laughs> everything is just joy. And the love nature of God fills the whole place. Hallelujah. So we need to appreciate that and let it begin to dominate our thoughts. Give your ear to it more and more. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You can imagine, beyond the first, the second, and then we are talking about the third heaven. So the atmosphere over the earth, which is where the enemy and the principalities rule from, darkness of this world, all that one day is going to be changed. That is the heaven that's going to be changed. Because there they shall not be any trace of the enemy anymore. Praise God. But the heaven that we are talking about is the third heaven where God dwells. As high as that heaven is, beyond space and beyond the reaches of all the galaxies. That's a, a different realm altogether. It's God's own realm. It is God's own life dominating everything. Hallelujah. And one of these days, we're going to have some of it really come to pass on the earth for at least a thousand years. And then we're going to enjoy a place where heaven and God's way becomes on top of the earth, you know, and we can enjoy a life between the earth and heaven. Praise God. It's going to be wonderful. And there'll be no more sun. There'll be no more sea. All those systems will be over. There will be another system. <laughs> Glory to God. God's way. So we have the ability today to enjoy God's ways. That heavenly realm. That higher place. We can step up and enjoy that in the midst of everything that's going on. But it's going to take us not really paying attention to our senses. 
Verse 10, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, maketh it bring forth, and bud, may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be, that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, it shall not return unto me void, it shall accomplish that which I please. <laughs> it shall prosper, notice that, in the thing whereto you sent it. What God has sent it for, it will prosper in that, and the result is you'll go out with joy, led forth with peace. Wow. You know, in the millennial time, you're going to actually see the, the nature itself, trees and water and all of that rejoicing, clapping their hands. All these things are going to come to pass. Mountains, hills, nature just rejoicing, singing, because Jesus is enthroned. <laughs> Hallelujah. Trees of the field clap their hands. No more thorns. Hallelujah. No more curse. Praise God. And we are today a picture of that. We can enjoy that, a foretaste of that, before that time comes to pass. Jesus is enthroned in our spirit. And hallelujah. Our emotions, our will, just have to receive these kind of thoughts and realize that the word does not return void. It is prospering. It is producing. And we're going to just lean on that. We're going to camp on that. We're going to settle on that. The sure, notice that, the sure mercies, the guaranteed benefits of the covenant. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So you are invited. We are invited to come up to that place and enjoy that realm while we are down here. Praise God. And so as we tune into the life of God on the inside and yield to the Word of God, our soul becomes, becomes alive, starts to live with the very life of God. Hallelujah. And it moves us, you know, our bodies in that direction. Glory to God. Let's look at some things also as we go. Let's, before we move on, maybe we should just read um, verse... 7 in Canada, Isaiah 55 verse 7. Yes, Brother John. And verse 8 also, Brother. Hallelujah. Praise God. Maybe we'll hear verse 11 also and then move on. Thank you, brother. Amen. So you can see there, that's how it proceeds downwards. And then he begins to tell us of this amazing place where, you know, trees, mountains all clap their hand. Wow. Hallelujah. So he's giving us a foretaste of how it's going to be. We are invited to enjoy a foretaste of that time of the millennium where Jesus rules and reigns on the earth, where there's no curse. Hallelujah. 
You know, you can actually live in that way right now while you are in this body. Praise God. Very interesting. You know, after the curse came uh, on the earth, there was no curse originally on Adam. You remember that. The curse was not on Adam. It was on the earth. And so he would sweat and, you know, eat of the sweat of his brow. But there was no curse on Adam really. Hallelujah. He would just have to slog. And now as new creatures, thank God, uh, our spirit is alive. Our soul can become alive, filled with the life of God through the word as we yield to it. But the uh, natural body, our, na our members, actually they have that curse in them. So we have to now force by faith another law to operate in them, the superior law. Hallelujah. That is why, you know, we have a tendency to feel symptoms and go through pain and all of that stuff because the curse that's on the earth is in the natural body members also. So if you remember, Paul talked about, I see another law in my members. Praise God. That was in the seventh chapter of Romans. But I'm just trying to let you know that that's why, you know, you have to put your body under and subject it to God's ways. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's look at a verse or two, uh, contemplating that as we go on. Let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter, and observe there. Verse 2, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Praise God. Notice there, there's, there's two laws mentioned there. There's the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Praise God. And then there's the law of sin and death. Praise God. So, we need to realize that there's a law that is trying to work in our bodies 24-7 called sin, sickness, disease, death. Our spirit has life, the nature of God, and our soul now has to draw from the word of God and be so full of the life of God. And then we enjoy dominating and walking in a place where that lower law of sin, sickness, disease, and death does not dominate us. Hallelujah. That comes by filling our mind and our words with these thoughts. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. There is now a new law at work in me, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It has set me free from the law of sin, sickness, disease, and death. Are you seeing that? Yeah, those are the thoughts that we are talking about. So because we are on the earth and in these natural bodies, they have a tendency to want to dominate and call the shots. And there's a lower fallen law there in that nature, the flesh nature. It's located in the flesh. And so we have to constantly put that under, dominate it. Amen? And we can enjoy a foretaste of the millennial reign. Praise God. Freedom from all of these things. Dominating till we see Jesus face to face. Hallelujah. Praise God. Alright. Just some more thoughts like that. Let's go off to the book of Samuel. And see some of those benefits. 
and how David was able to tap into those things. First Samuel chapter 16 uh, is an interesting lineup there. By this time, you notice the people of Israel have gone into a stage where they don't want God to be their ruler. Can you see that? The reason why God was ruling them or wanting to rule them was because they are not like anybody else. He created that new nation. They are His people. By believing Him, by listening to Him, they were going to demonstrate how high and how blessed you could live on the earth. But they are in such a back, you know, let's say backslidden. They are in such a um, negative and reprobate, apostatic, you know, kind of thinking that they're so gone away from God that they don't want Him to be king. Can you imagine that? The other day I saw a forward from some of our old WhatsApp guys and they said, you ask Google so many things. Why don't you ask Google uh, who's the king of Poland? So if you type it in there, you'll be shocked to find out that Poland said Jesus Christ is their king. <laughs> As the parliament, they chose him to be their king. It's written there. Isn't that interesting? I don't know what extent, but it's written there. Imagine God was actually the king of the Jewish people. And now they're saying, we don't want you as king. And we want to be like everybody else. Wow. You want to be like everybody else? Really? You know what that means? <laughs> Hallelujah. And today, here we are. We have passed all of that. We're born again from above. Born from above. Just in the same class of being as God himself with his nature, with his life on the inside of us. Hallelujah. And he is our great king. We are kings. He is the king of kings. And we are priests. That means we come to him. We come into the very holy of holies. We transact with him in prayer and praise and you know, petition and thanksgiving. And we enjoy communion with him. Hallelujah. Imagine if there were a, a possibility of a whole nation listening to him. Praise God. So we are the ones who have the ability to actually listen to this king who can now guide us wisely and lead us through and make us enjoy the full victory and the full benefits of having God as your king. Hallelujah. So this is interesting because this is the situation with uh, uh, Israel during this time. So here they say, no, we want to be like everybody else. There's a part of you that's like that, that you know wants to be natural, just like everybody else. And it has been like that for a long time. Now we've been training it to say, no, God is your king. You're not like everybody else. You're not of this world. Even as Christ is not of this world, we are not of this world. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but it's a presenting of the body as a sacrifice. Amen. Not being transformed or conformed to this world, but being transformed by our thoughts, our thinking, all of that, you know, Romans 12 stuff. Praise God. So here we can look at it, uh, you know, and see the original, how it was. And so they're in that place and they say, no, we want a king just like everybody else. And they fought against God. And God finally said, all right, you want a king like everybody else? Go ahead. 
have your king. And that's how they got Saul as a king. And Saul was such a messed up character. He actually lost the anointing. Uh, and so he just began to do things in the flesh. And he began to act like a lunatic, you know, a maniac, trying to kill David and all of those kind of things. You know, once the, the anointing to rule, the anointing to do what God has called you to do is taken away, you know, that was Old Testament, it could be taken away. Once it's taken away, what you have is just flesh. And demonic stuff can just take over any time. Hallelujah. So it's into that scene that we are coming. And here, um, God tells Samuel, who is his prophet, you remember the young boy who was left by his mother, praise God, to serve God from that very young age. You know, it's all very out of this world. How do you just leave your child, uh, you know, in the presence of God and say, God, I promise to, to give this baby to you here. And this boy grows up and becomes this prophet. Hallelujah. And so the prophet and uh, Saul have become very close. And uh, Samuel likes him like his son. He's very close to him. And when the Lord told him in chapter 15 that, <clears throat> you know, I have rejected him, he wept and wept and wept and mourned. Praise God. He was so close to him, he, he just could not receive it. But, you know, that's how it is. Thank God. Thank God God always has another and an option. That's the thing about God. He'll always have somebody else to step in and do the right thing, right? He knows who is there, who he can use, and so on. May we be open. May we be yielded constantly. And that is when he tells now Samuel to go and anoint a certain person for him, you know, from the house of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. So you can see all of that history of Bethlehem and David's city and all of that stuff coming in there. <clears throat> so in verse 1 he says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil, Go, I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Praise God. So stick with God. He always has the right choice. Even if the king messes up, God is still God. Hallelujah. So will you go with the natural king, or will you just go with God who is our king? It's better to hang with him, isn't it? Praise God. Samuel is scared because they're very close. He says, how can I go and tell Saul that I've come to anoint somebody else? He'll kill me. That's, that's a king and a prophet there. Can you imagine the king could actually kill him? He said, he will kill me. He said, I'll give you some advice. Take an ephah with you or a cow with you and say that you've come to make a sacrifice. Hallelujah. And then call Jesse to the sacrifice. Verse 3 says, And then call Jesse to the sacrifice. I will show thee what thou shalt do. In other words, I'll take you step by step. Don't worry. I'm in charge here. Isn't it nice to just be step by step, step taken by the Lord into the place that he has? It's always good, isn't it? So, you know, this man could listen. Thank God you have the Holy Spirit. You have the anointing. Uh, the anointing and the word always agree. We can be led 
by the Spirit of God. We can be led by the Word of God. We don't have to be confused and worried and, you know, shattered and broken up and all that stuff. God is still God and He sits on the throne and He can guide us and lead us. Amen? So, God sets it up and He says, just follow what I'm telling you. It'll be all right. Anoint Him unto me. Sorry, verse 3. Call Jesse to the sacrifice. Thou shalt anoint unto me whom I name unto thee. He says, I will tell you the name. And verse 4 says, Samuel did that which the Lord spake, came to Bethlehem. The elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably. Back in those days, if a prophet came to town, better get ready. It means God has come to set some things straight. So they were scared what's going to happen. You know, elders. So you could say it's like church elders and stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe we'll hear uh, verse 1 in Canada uh, first. Please, brother. Kartano Samuelanige, Israelina, Asanagi Darinda, Hage, Nanu Tiraskarisade, Saulani Goskra, Inu Yestera Varge, Dukaulagiwe, Ninu Nana Kondono, Taila Dinda, Tumbisikondo Ba, Bethlehemina Onada, Ishaena Barige, Nana Parisoveno, Yakendre Nano on a Makarale, Opona, Arasanage, Adukondidanamo. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, he said, I'm coming peacefully. I've come to sacrifice unto God. Sanctify yourselves. You know, come to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. Came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. So this man has eight sons. Interesting for a person to have eight sons. Unfortunately, he chooses the seven who he thinks are proper material from natural thinking to come and parade before the prophet, you know, and he suggests these are the ones that are kingly material. Three of them are even in the army. You know, they're great guys, big of stature. And um, as you study the Bible, it says that they were close to Saul and all that. And so, very likely, just naturally speaking, the father, maybe you could just say, is 100% natural man. That's sad, but... So he parades one after the other. Uh, all the sons come there. So Eliab is there. But the Lord said in verse 7, famous lines, He said, Look not unto his countenance or the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Hmm. Praise God. After that, verse 8 says, Jesse called Abinadab, made him pass before Samuel. He said, no, the Lord has not chosen this guy either. Then Shammah. He said, neither has the Lord chosen this. Again, Maybe he did it twice. <laughs> Jesse made seven of his sons to pass. Praise God. What do you think? Maybe he did it two times, huh? Again, he made seven of them to pass there. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Hmm. Must have been like, what? Not chosen these? And Samuel said unto Jesse, 
are here thy children, or are here all thy children? And he says, there remained yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. He did not even tell him. Usually, if the prophet was coming to town, you know, it's like churchy kind of stuff. These are Jewish people. So you could say that they were, you know, like that. Everybody wanted to go there and see what's going to happen. But here they didn't even tell this little fellow because pff, you're not even on scene, man. You don't even come close to these things. Until God, who knows the hearts of people, you know, and we will see how he knows, praise God, decides that none of these, but I'm not doing anything until that last boy of yours come. And he's with the sheep. And he sent and brought him. Now he was ruddy with all of a beautiful countenance, goodly to look. Well, interestingly, he was also good-looking and all that. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Hallelujah. Maybe a little dirty, maybe a little smelly, maybe a little too villagey, you know, and just a kid. Just a little fellow. Meanwhile, in the New Covenant, notice in First Timothy Chapter 4, I think it's the 12th verse. He says, don't let anybody despise your youth, Timothy. In other words, for God, uh, age is not a factor. Although, you know, as you develop in the things of God, you get to maturity, but age is not a limit for Him. Don't let anybody despise your youth. So God does not think the way everybody thinks. Interesting, right? Then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brethren. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. David, from that day forward, so Samuel rose up, went to Ramah. The Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, he says, and some evil spirit begins to harass him, and, you know, he's just a strange guy. Glory to God. If you remember, you know, this boy... Um, He's just a little kid hanging out with sheep. Nothing special going on. And the Bible says God was training him, you know, teaching him in a different kind of school. So some of us, you know, don't compare yourself with anybody else, please. God has his own ways of doing things. God is training you. Just don't be thinking naturally. Don't be thinking normally. Hallelujah. Let's read a few verses also in Canada, please. Verse uh, 10, First Samuel 16, verse 10. Anantara Ishayana Tana Yeru Mandi Kumarano, Samuelana Munde, Baramadi Dano. Adare Samuelano, Ishayanige, Kartani, Yurali, Opera Nadaro, Adukurali, Andano. Amen. And verse 11 also, brother. Hallelujah. So that's how, you know, he becomes anointed. And the Bible continues in the 17th chapter about how the Philistines had now decided to attack Israel. 
And uh, he was just listening to his dad's instruction. He was still, in verse 15, he says he went back to the sheep. <laughs> he was known as an armor bearer before that. Let's read verse 15. <laughs> David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So he, he, he was with Saul. He was his armor bearer. You know, thank God for armor bearers and all that. And that would be a nice place to just develop and become a king, be the right-hand man of the king. But that's not uh, how this boy grew up. You see, the, the Spirit of God and God did not train him like that. Praise God. He went back to his sheep. <laughs> so natural thinking would say, stay with the chief minister, man. Just be carrying his suitcase and doing all those things. You know, Whatever he tells you, just do it. Hey, praise God, that's also possible. But that's more of a natural way. But this boy was not like that. He went back to the sheep. After all that, he could have been a very famous guy and just hung around, but he went back to the sheep because he knew he was supposed to be with the sheep. Amen? Interesting. So it's different. When you start listening to God and when you start following His ways, you may be a bit weird, you may be strange, but um, God has His own ways of training Amen. So he's there with his little sheep. In fact, when he comes to the battle, he comes there as a messenger, bringing some cheese and some lunchbox to his uh, brothers. And they, they even made fun and said, why did you leave your little sheep? Where, where did you leave the sheep? And, you know, why have you come here? And those kind of taunting talks. So he was basically just with the sheep. That did not bother him at all. Very interesting person. Hallelujah. Young guys would have been immediately pumped up, you know, and just strut their stuff everywhere and show off. I am even in the king's palace. I am the armor bearer. And he went back to the sheep. You know, it's a different kind of guy. So you just have to listen to what God is telling you. There's a price there where you push into the things of God to listen to what he's saying. And you don't look like everybody else, not necessarily. I'm not saying you should be just weird. That's not the, the, the point. The point is, listen to what the Scriptures and the Spirit of God has to say. And follow Him. Keep yourself pliable. Uh, and don't be moved by your senses. Praise God. And so, when He came there to take care of feeding the brothers... He came there, and that's when he stumbled upon this Goliath story. You remember that. He says, uh, verse 17, Jesse said unto David, his son, Take now for thy brethren an epaph of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. So he's out there carrying cheese and bread and all of that. You know, he's not, he's not making any big deal. Like, I am the one, so I can't do this and that. Guess what? He's just going about doing what his dad said to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I'm the anointed. You cannot do this. I cannot do that. You can't tell me to do this. And No. Nothing like that. Praise God. Very interesting. Verse 19, Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. 
David rose up early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper. He's a nice guy, he's a responsible guy. Left the sheep with somebody else, took and went as Jesse had commanded him, came to the trench where the host was shouting for the battle and so on and so forth. Then he talks about this guy. Let's not jump too far. Let's bring uh, Brother John back with us a little bit. Let's go to maybe verse 15 also in Canada. 1 Samuel 17, verse 15. Amen. So then you notice that Goliath has been coming there for 40 days and the people are scared. And if you begin to check out his stuff in modern day um, KGs and all that, this guy's nine, nine feet, nine feet, nine inches. I was watching a program the other day and there's this guy um, from the north, some Sardar type of guy, and he was seven feet, six inches in the police force. And they show his family and all that. Man, his clothes hanging to dry there compared to all the other clothes. It was, it was the next level. And he's also a stuntman. Very, very interesting. Seven feet, six inches. This one is nine feet, nine inches. Can you imagine? And guess what? His helmet is five kgs. Can you imagine wearing a 5 kg helmet? How will you walk with 5 kgs on your head? And what he puts on him, his armor, guess what? 90 kgs. So he's wearing 95 kgs on himself. Just imagine walking around with that kind of weight. You're almost carrying 100 kgs on you. So that tells you how enormous this guy was. He was a huge fellow. He was a monster. He was a giant. And he has been parading in front of Israel for 40 days and telling them, who do you think you are? He says, you are the arm of Saul. <laughs> yeah. He begins to brag about how great he is. And he says, if you guys fight against me and if you defeat me, we will serve you. But if I defeat that person who's a champion, and then you will become our slaves. All of that stuff is going on and the young David anointed chosen of God comes in on the scene just basically obeying his father, doing what he was told to do and then he begins to observe these things and the way he sees it is very different. Praise God. Let's read there. Verse 20, we saw that. Uh, then 22... David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran. That means there was a lot of stuff there, the cheeses and food. Ran into the army, came and saluted his brethren. As he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. So this is what he has been saying constantly. Unfortunately... David heard. So these guys have been hearing for 40 days. Nothing happened. But when David heard it, it was different. So the information that comes to everybody, when it comes to the believer, it should be producing a different reaction. Amen. 
whatever is out there has been screaming and shouting, demanding that everybody should bow, demanding everybody should shiver, everybody is under it, you are nothing before it. All of that stuff is going on there. But when it comes to the ears of the believer, it's supposed to produce a different reaction. Amen? And so, notice verse 25. Verse 24, And all the men of Israel who saw the man fled from him. They were sore afraid. Men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that is come up surely to defy Israel? Is he come? And they say, It shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, will give him his daughter, make his father's house free, tax free. And you get the king's daughter. All that stuff. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done? Notice this. What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God? The others were just saying, Israel, Israel's army. But this guy hears it differently. He says, the armies of the living God. So he has a revelation in his understanding of God through the years he has spent out there with God, taking care of sheep. He has understood that Israel is a special group of people. They are the armies of the living God. It's different. So he has understood this thing that actually God was their king. And they had the privilege of being God's own army. So you are God's people, chosen by Him. You are His sheep. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. You belong to Him. It's very personal with God. <laughs> You're not your, just there on your own. You are God's own. You are His temple. You belong to Him. There's another law working inside us. It's not the same with the world. We are not from this place. Hallelujah. Just because there's a part of us that has that curse that tries to, you know, bring us down and tell us that we're like everybody else doesn't mean we need to yield to it. We should actually put it under. We should dominate it and say, no, I want you to do this and you are going to do it. Are you seeing that? Paul said, I put my body under. I bring it to subjection. That man got beaten constantly. I cannot imagine... How he must have looked after stonings and imprisonments and stonings and whippings and constantly ill-treated. I don't hear him talk about, you know, broken bones or anything like that. He must have really enjoyed this dominion where his body picked up on the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And quickened, you know, got restored again and again and again. I think there was one time when maybe his eye or soul must have gotten badly beaten and, you know, they may have seen it. He said, when I came to you at first, you know, you guys loved me so much, you would have given me your eyes. Maybe his eye looked bad that time or, you know, something like that. But he never complains about a broken bone. He said, out of these things, all the Lord delivered me. <laughs> delivered me and he said the Lord will keep me until he comes wow praise God so here we are he says who is this uncircumcised Philistine 
who dares to defy the armies of the living God. So he sees it very differently from everybody else. Hallelujah. Let's hear um, verse 26 in Canada, please. So you can see that David has understood that God has called us to the covenant and that the promises of God are sure. And this guy says, he has no covenant. How can he come and stand in front of us? <laughs> That's big talk, right? So for 40 days, they've heard nothing like this. Suddenly one little kid comes there and he speaks this word. It must have done something to the, to the Israeli army. Don't you think they said, it sounds like stuff that we have heard before. You know, they had forgotten everything. Like Jeremiah said, I forgot prosperity. They forgot all these wonderful things that they were called to be. They are actually the chosen God, God's own people, God's own army, armies of the living God. They forgot everything and they're just like everybody else. Hallelujah. One little boy comes and says, No, 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 you're the armies of the living God. You are His own people, called by His name. You are the chosen ones. You have a covenant with God. God has sworn and will not change. God cannot lie. He's not a man that he should lie. He cannot. Praise God. And so they hear it after 40 days of hearing all the haranguing and the harassment. Must have done something to them. But notice, let's keep going. He says, uh, the brothers challenge him. He said, in the naughtiness of your heart, you have come down to see the battle. They still don't get it. <laughs> Instead, they see him as a proud boy. That was 28. David said, what have I done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him to another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him. He said, no, honestly, how can this guy come and challenge the armies of the living God? What will be done? He said, you get a, you know, the, the king's own daughter, house free, everything free, tax free, all your life. When the words were heard, which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul. Instead, the word went off to Saul. Because people have, have, have not heard such things. People want to hear. You know, everybody's saying the same thing. And then you say something strange. They want to know, what? How can you talk like that? Who's this guy? Who says, no evil shall befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling place. The greater one lives inside me. We were healed 2,000 years ago. There's another law working inside me. It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It has set me free from the law of sin, sickness, disease, curse, and death. I'm free. This thing was done 2,000 years ago. I'm already healed. Hallelujah. You see, when we incline our ears and we listen and we hear, two out of three begins to dominate and our bodies have to obey. Hallelujah. But if we join the clutter and the noise out there, my brother, my sister, we become just like the other brothers of David, making fun of believers who talk the word of God. Who do you think you are? You just brag, you talk all this stuff. 
But we have to prove it, right? Now, Saul said to David, so David gets the audience of Saul. He said, wow, this guy is so great. Little fellow. Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight him. You are but a youth. So he's despising his youth, right? So God is against that. Notice, he's not into this youth business. I thank God for youth. They can be a little bit weird and plucky sometimes, but that should not discourage us from interacting with them and uh, being a blessing. Praise God. As they mature, they just get better. Glory to God. But we should not just curtail them because they're young. Hallelujah. I believe God is telling us something here. Amen. The honest truth about ministry is that we always have to raise up another generation and pass the torch on. Hallelujah. They may sound a little plucky, brash, but we should just remember that we should not despise them because they are young. Hallelujah. They can be an example unto believers. Praise God. In faith, in purity, in love, their lifestyle can actually be an example to believers. I believe David was an example here. He says, you're not able to go against this Philistine. You are but a youth. He was a man of war from his youth. David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. See? Nobody has heard this before. This is the first time it's coming out. Thy servant kept his father's sheep. There came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. Took a lamb, one lamb, out of the flock. I was keeping my father's sheep. And a lion and a bear. Notice, he says, it took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him. <laughs> Let's think about this for a minute. You are taking care of sheep, and a lion comes and takes one lamb. What are you going to do? Just say, well, there are other sheep here, man. It's just one lamb. Big deal. Praise God. But not David. One lamb. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Can you see that? One lamb. He said, no. I'm going after this thing. I went out after him. Following a lion. Following a bear. Going after a lion. A small boy going after a lion. To get a lamb. <laughs> Whether it is chewed up or not. He's not bothered. I'm getting my lamb. And smote him. Delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. He brought the lamb out of his mouth. Delivered. That means the lamb is okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. He took care of that job completely. And made sure that nothing was lost. Hallelujah. Went after whatever enemy it was. Bashed the thing up brought the lamb out and grabbed it by the beard, choked it and killed it. Hallelujah. This is just a little kid, okay? Even if you're a grown man, <laughs> what can you do with a lion? When the lion roars and you see his face, people just disappear. Villagers leave. The whole village is emptied. 
praise God. But this boy had learned something. That if you can park into the covenant of God that never changes and just obey what God told you to do, you are going to face any lion, bear, enemy, <laughs> and get back everything you're supposed to get. He learned it out there with the sheep. I caught him by his beard, smote him, and slew him. It also tells me that God cares for one lamb. If you take it upon yourself that God cares for his things, whatever he has given you to watch over, if you take it like that, God will back you, right? Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. <laughs> it's a totally different way of looking at it. Hallelujah. David said, Moreover the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, All right, in that case, since I heard your experience, since I saw what... Nobody else had heard this before. He didn't go around boasting about these things. This is the first time he's coming out. His brothers had not heard about it. Nobody in town had heard about it. So he had tapped into these things of the reality of the covenant and promises of God and experienced them as a little boy. So he knew what it means to trust God and be strong and go out there in the strength of the Lord. Not in your own strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It has nothing to do with our own strength. When we are weak, that's when He's strong. It's just a matter of digging in from inside and connecting with those thoughts that are word-based and speaking them out and stepping out there and just going out there. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. And then you see God's power released into the material, released into that problem, released into that situation. He said, that's what I saw. And therefore, this Philistine, this present army, this present challenge is nothing. He said, I will feed the whole army's carcasses off to the birds. He said, not just this guy, the whole army. Can you imagine that? He had leaned into the power and the covenant promises of God so much that he had learned that with God you're a majority. You can whip anything. And it has to come out of your mouth. You know, it came out of him. And they heard it. The rest of the guys heard it. And it must have really sparked something again inside him. That's true. That's What that guy is saying is true. What that little fellow is saying is true. That's the truth. See, People need to hear this. Somebody has to say it. They're waiting for this voice. Hallelujah. There's a voice that comes from the throne. There's a voice that is from above. Higher than our thoughts. Higher than man's ways. The ways of the earth. That bring us up to the place where you enjoy freedom from the curse. Freedom from the poverty. Freedom from the sickness. Freedom from the dominion of this present evil world. Hallelujah. That covenant is ours. The sure, the sure mercies 
the guaranteed benefits of the covenant are ours. Hallelujah. He says, incline your ear. Listen. Draw near. Fill your soul with it. It will live. It will live. It will live. And once your spirit and your soul are hooked up together, your flesh has to obey. Your body will come in line. Everything on the outside will come in line. Do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say shall come to pass. You shall have what you say. You shall have what you say. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice this Goliath fellow had said that if I defeat you, then you guys, you know, if I defeat this, whoever comes against me, this champion, then the whole army and Israel must become my slave or our slaves. And if you defeat me, then all of us are going to be your slaves. Remember that? But that's not true because the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't forget that. The devil is a liar. He's always a liar. This guy had four other brothers who are supposed to come and fight if this guy is down. They're all giants, all of them. And David knew that. I am sure he got it by revelation. So he just casually seems to pick up five stones. But as you follow the story, you realize this giant has four other brothers. David is so pumped up on his covenant benefits, the promises of God, the guaranteed promises of God. He says, you and all of your brothers and the whole army, you're going down. I'm telling you, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The guy is just loaded. Small fellow. It's not about, you know... The youth. It's, it's about the covenant mind. It's the covenant setting. The, the promises, the guarantees, the benefits of God that come out of your soul, that come out of your, your, your heart without doubting. Amen. Verse 38. Saul armed David with his armor. He said, I can't wear that. That's not for me. This is what I'm used to. Praise God. You don't have to try and be like somebody else. Be who you are. Praise God. You don't have to pretend to be somebody else. Be who you are. The way God trains you, that's who you are. Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we first started, people say, I sound like a parrot, just parroting and parroting. Some, some message that somebody else is parroting, you're also parroting it. Fine. But that's the message that kept us till today. That message has worked for us. That's our armor. That's what works for us. Till this day, God has taken care of us based on that message. It's called foundational. It's in the foundation. You need to get the foundation. I don't care if you're parroting it. You're just saying the same thing. Say the same thing that God said. I don't care. It may not be a new message. It's the same old message. God doesn't change. This is the same old message. You want to make fun and joke about it? That's your problem. What's working? Is it working for you? Ha, ha, ha. We're still here. We're still here. The devil and all of his forces cannot do a thing about it. We are here till Jesus comes. Mark my words. Hallelujah. The sure, guaranteed benefits of God. 
Hallelujah. So we don't need that armor. We haven't proved it. We are used to this one. The one that has worked for us. Ha 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 ha. Glory to God. Amen. See, but we have to keep the love of God. We have to keep that because there will be a challenge constantly. I mean, David could have gotten bugged and just lost it there. And, you know, because there's a lot of opposition if you want to be this guy that's going to trust God and say what God said. If you're going to think heavenly thoughts, the emotions are going to get, you know, battered by this earth realm. There will be a challenge. Don't think that you can just say it and go free. They say, you guys talk pretty big. You guys act like you're something. <laughs> it works, my brother, because it's based on God who never changes. Hallelujah. God is faithful. God is faithful. God never changes. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Absolute. It's absolute. It's absolute. Absolute. It is sure. Absolutely. Your body just has to obey. Everything else has to come in line. That's all. His word does not return void. It cannot return void. That's God's way. It is high, far higher than anything else. As high as the heavens are. Hallelujah. Praise God. He said, I have not proved it. I'm not using that. That's not for me. The Philistine came on, 41 says, drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. This guy has a secretary carrying his shield for him. I mean, all of that stuff. Philistine looked about and saw David. He disdained him because he was a youth. <laughs> the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? Philistine cursed David by his gods. Yeah, all that is there. I bind you in Jesus' name. I rebuke you. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. All of your works, I cancel them in Jesus' name. Let the people go in Jesus' name. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me. I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with sword, with spear, and shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Hallelujah. This day will the Lord deliver me into your hand. I will smite thee, take thine head from thee. I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, wild beasts of the earth. All the earth will know there is a God in Israel. All the assembly shall know that God... Or the Lord saveth not with sword or spear. For the battle is the Lord's. He will give you into our hands. Praise God. The battle is the Lord's. That's why we rest. We say things. We stand on what we said. We believe. We park there. He gives us the victory. Hallelujah. That's how we face it. Whatever is out there looks like Goliath. But this is recorded for us. And it is for us today because God has invited us to the same sure guarantees. But the only thing is they are better. Because the new covenant is better. It's better than anything David ever had. Can you imagine that? David was quite an interesting person. He had his faults, but he had this 
place where he was known as a man after God's heart. Deep within him, it was God that mattered. All that mattered to him was God. Hallelujah. He had his own challenges. You know, and he enjoyed that place with God. And after being forgiven for his mess-ups, he became the greatest king Israel ever had. God was so excited about him, he said, I'm going to make sure my son comes out of your family. And in the millennium, I believe that David is going to be sitting there with Jesus and ruling. We're going to see all these people. Do you know that? <laughs> You're going to see David. You're going to see Moses. Moses was another one. By the time God finished with him, he said, I cannot even speak. That was an excuse. He had to settle himself. He thought he was going to fight and deliver people out of Egypt. No, God said, no, 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 no. You have to learn from me that it is I who's going to do these things. Be strong in the Lord. It's not your strength. Hallelujah. It's not your strength. It is the Lord's word. It is His plan. It is His spirit. Be strong in that. So fill your soul with these thoughts. Fill your mind with these thoughts. Replace every other emotion with these things. That's all we have to do. That's all our job is. That's what we're going to do. Amen. And you tap into the new covenant. You tap into the fact that Jesus is the one who is the Lord. He is the son of David, but he's the one who's alive. He's praying for us, interceding for us, mediating for us. He's backing every word that he said. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than one of his words to fail. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 49, David put his hand in his bag, took from thence a stone, slang it, smote the Philistine in his forehead. The stone sunk into his forehead, fell upon his face to the earth. David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling, or with a stone. He slew him. He took the Philistine sword, cut off his head, and so on. And the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 21, from verse 16 to 22, about the other four brothers that this guy had. And David and David's men killed all of them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So my brother, my sister, let's ponder about these things. If we can hear in Canada also maybe a um, couple of verses. Thank you, brother. Maybe we can read two or three verses there. Um, let's read from verse... 42, first of all. Then verse 45 also. Amen. And finally, verse 47 also, brother. Amen. 
ರಕ್ಷಿಸುವುದಿಲ್ಲ ಎಂದು ಈ ಸಭೆಯೆಲ್ಲ ತಿಳಿದುಕೊಳ್ಳುವುದಕ್ಕೆ ಯಾಕೆಂದ್ರೆ ಯಾವುದು ಕರ್ತನಾದ ಆತನು ನಿಮ್ಮನ್ನು ನಮ್ಮ ಕೈಯಲ್ಲಿ ಒಪ್ಪಿಸಿದವನಾಗಿದ್ದಾನೆ keep these thoughts before you as you go into the week ponder them out you have a covenant with god that is better than anything they had in the old testament jesus has become the surety of our covenant let's fill our thoughts fill our deep imaginations with the word of god and everything else has to bow everything else has to come in line until we meet jesus face to face use the name of the lord jesus constantly bind the dominion of the enemy demand the earth to produce for you in the name of jesus hallelujah praise god thank you brother we shall have communion spend a little minute or two thinking about the price jesus paid to give us this awesome covenant and the tender mercies of god the promises of god it cost him his life praise god you know they sold him over for 30 pieces of silver and they didn't know that just like joseph they were selling away their own position and they were going to go into slavery guess what happened joseph rose and became the ruler of egypt he was right up there same way they sold him off Guess what he became the head of the church the lord of the universe meanwhile the people who sold him they went into dispersion and they are blinded now but one of these days jesus is going to go back to his people hallelujah the jewish people till then you are the church you are his people called by his name and there are jews who believe today also nations that are calling on his name today even back under the law there were people like Rahab who believed in the god of the jewish people and she became a believer and jesus came from her family she's mentioned in the genealogy of jesus what does this mean jesus is for anybody who believes you become precious the minute you believe and the covenant mercies become yours and anything you do in his name receives the benefit and rahab just helped the spies and that was it her house was saved all those walls fell flat but rahab's household was saved praise god that's what jesus has paid for hallelujah you and your household shall be saved healed delivered protected preserved he's the king of kings and the lord of lords the head of the church the high and lofty one and he invites you he says come listen take this meal with me rest in what i have done receive the promises i have paid for them receive them they are legally yours because i paid for them for anyone who believes jesus has paid today let's receive let's contemplate and enter into the rest concerning what he has spoken in jesus name amen Thank you Lord Jesus. If you have any bread nearby, uh please take it. Some juice and let's take communion. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful. You paid. You suffered 
to make sure that your word would not return void. When it comes out of our hearts and our mouths, it will produce. It will reverse every curse. It will turn everything around. Our bodies will come to subjection. Our cells will produce brand new, quickened life, healing, wholeness, soundness, welfare, well-being, nothing missing, nothing broken. Salvation and its benefits for us and our family. Everything concerning our house. Everything concerning our work. Everything concerning us. Hallelujah. You paid for it. We believe it. And we cancel every other thing in Jesus' name. As we eat and drink, we receive your benefits today. Thank you for healing. Thank you for wholeness. Thank you for soundness. Thank you for overflow. More than enough in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we eat and drink? Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're real to us. You're more real to us than anything we feel, anything we see. You're more real to us. We are born from above. There's another law working in us. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It has set us free from the law of sin, sickness, disease, curse, death. We are free. Thank you, Lord. We receive your benefits. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you'd like to give, this is a great opportunity. When you do these things in Jesus' name, I'm telling you, you receive a reward. God is a faithful God and you will see the benefits. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste for yourself and see in Jesus' name. Lord, as your people support the truth, support this work that's going on on the planet, I thank you that you restore to them. You restore their losses. You make them increase in every realm and be a testimony on the earth. Father, in Jesus' name. We use this as a point of contact for those who would like to tithe and give offerings. Father, today mortal men receive, but there he that lives forever receives. We expect nothing less. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Thank you for the freely given things. Freely given things. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brother John. Thanks a lot. Thank you, team. You're blessed.